as Christians, we can talk for hours about sharing the good news about Jesus. We can study how people did it in the Bible. We can read books about it. We can go on training courses about it. We can have all the latest literature and magazines and even phone apps. But when it comes to it, we often make excuses about why we can't do it. Why we should leave it to somebody else. Why we're not good enough. Or gifted enough. Or brave enough. Honestly, this has been a huge challenge in my Christian life. I've never felt equipped or effective in sharing my faith. I look at other Christians and I wish I was as natural or as powerful as they are. And so I passionately want people to know Jesus personally. And I long for them to experience the forgiveness and the freedom that God offers. And I want Ireland to be impacted with this glorious gospel. But I just think it would be better if somebody else did it. And somebody took my place. But for a long time, God has been working on this issue in my life. And he's been trying to convince me that God wants to use people like me to bring other people to Jesus. And one of the passages that God has often done this is in Luke chapter 5. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to work through this chapter. Five little sections, five weeks. I'm going to look at some probably very simple lessons about evangelism. Stuff that probably most of you already know. But things that we need to be reminded of. Things that we need to let God speak into our lives again about. And the first one this morning is we're just going to ask why should we be involved in evangelism? Why should we obey the call? So it's Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 down to verse 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, With the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets, for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. 
In many ways, this is a really strange miracle. Most of Jesus' miracles were about helping people who were in desperate need. Healing the sick, feeding the hungry, raising the dead. But Peter and Andrew, I don't think they were about to starve here. And neither do I think that their businesses were about to go bankrupt. And so instead of meeting an obvious need, this miracle seems to be more about teaching Peter and the others a really important lesson. The first request that Jesus made that day was such an easy one. He got into Peter's boat and asked him to put the boat out a little from the shore. Jesus simply needed a place where the people could hear and see him better. So he asked to borrow boat, Peter's boat as a like, kind of platform to speak from. It was a, a really simple request. And Peter, well, he quickly agreed. He pushed out his boat into the shallow water and he sat down and he taught the people. But then Jesus told him to do something far more challenging. He said, put her into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, it may not sound the most difficult thing in the world for a fisherman to do. But for Peter, I think this command was incredibly challenging. First of all, this was the wrong time to go fishing in Galilee. Everyone fished at night when the fish came near the surface, to feed. To fish during the day would be to go against all of Peter's experience and training. It would have appeared incredibly foolish to do this. It was also very demanding. In verse 5, Peter said this, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. They just finished a really frustrating night shift. Imagine working all night and they get nothing to show for it. And they just cleaned their nets, ready for the next night's fishing. So no doubt they were looking forward to a good meal and a bit of a rest before they had to go out fishing again. Then they just want to throw out their nets again into the water on another pointless fishing expedition. I think it could also be embarrassing. Remember the crowds on the beach who were listening there to Jesus? Can you imagine the ridicule Peter would endure as he set out to fish? He could only have been expected to have returned again with another empty boat and incredibly red face. But I think it was also going to be humbling. Now I know some of us are more stubborn than, than others, okay? I'm going to put my hand up for that. Stubborn as an old goat. That's me. Lorna can testify. But most of us don't like to be told what to do. Anybody like backseat drivers? Oh, watch out there. Look, there's a turn. You need to stop here. Is that encouraging? Not usually. And we don't let, like people telling us what to do all the time. Especially if this is something that we can do. That we've been doing for years. And Peter, he was a Galilean. 
And they had a reputation for being, for having a proud and an independent spirit. But here, this experienced fisherman was being asked to take orders from a carpenter's son turned Bible teacher. I could imagine Peter being tempted to say, Jesus, you just stick to the Bible teaching, I'll handle the fishing. I'm the expert here. So Peter had plenty of reasons not to do what Jesus asked him to do here. But there was one reason to do it. Did you notice it in verse 5? Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. All Peter's understanding and experience and commonly held wisdom said it was a worthless waste of time and effort. But Peter went fishing that day out of obedience. Obedience. He didn't depend on his own thoughts or his own ideas or his own plans. He did not understand why he was being asked to do what he was, what he'd been asked to do. Instead, he just simply obeyed because it was Jesus who asked him to do it. And as a result of that simple obedience, Peter caught so many fish that the nets began to break. And the two boats nearly sank. It was a clear and it was a simple lesson. All night, without Jesus, following the world's ways, ended in frustration and emptiness. One throw of the net in obedience to Jesus ended in success beyond his wildest dreams. And that is such a key lesson in our lives, isn't it? This is what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In 1997, a guy called David Huxley, he broke his own world record in Sydney, Australia. This is what he did. He strapped a harness round himself and he attached a steel cable to that harness and he attached a Boeing 747 to the other end and he pulled that Boeing 747, this massive big plane, down the runway a hundred yards. An absolutely superhuman feat. But if anybody's heading on holiday, then you're going to give David a call? To pull your plane down the runway? I don't think so. I think instead you're going to entrust that journey to a pilot who could switch on the engine and get that plane roaring down that runway and into the sky. In a similar way, we can try to do everything we can in our own strength to serve God. We could follow all of the advice, all of the ideas out there in the world. But that will always be less effective than just allowing Jesus to take control and to enable us to serve God in His power. In our lives, we're not called to do what we think is best. 
We're not called to, think, to serve God as we think we should. Or as we want to. Or even as everybody else is doing it. We're called to follow our Lord. Letting Him lead and direct and empower our efforts. And only then will we be, will we be fruitful. But of course, this miracle was not about making Peter's business successful. It wasn't about giving him a, a huge catch of fish so he could sell them in the marketplace and make lots of money. This was not about Peter being a success in a worldly way, in the world's eyes. The fruitfulness that we're talking about here, that Jesus wants to, to make in our lives, is not for our benefit. It's not so that we feel good about ourselves. Or we look good in front of others. This fruit is fruit for God. It's about living the life that God has created us and called us and saved us for. And Jesus applied this lesson with, to Peter's life with his next command. Peter, he was just so overwhelmed with this miraculous catch of fish, with the power of Jesus demonstrated in that, that he replied in verse 8, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Peter didn't feel worthy to have somebody like Jesus as his friend. But look how Jesus responded, verse 10. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. He told Peter not to be afraid. Jesus knew all about his failures and about his faults. But Jesus also knew that he was going to deal with that at the cross. Where he would die for Peter's sins. But he just wanted Peter to know that he had a job for him. To be involved in saving people's lives by bringing them to Jesus. By catching men and women and young people. It was an amazing call. To live a life that is truly worthwhile. A life that matters eternally. That changes lives. That changes communities. To live a life that glorifies God. But I wonder if Peter, when he heard that, thought it sounded just as ridiculous as the previous command that Jesus gave to him when he told him to go out fishing. Because surely Peter didn't know anything about teaching people about God. Surely Peter didn't know his Bible well enough. He'd only spent a little time with Jesus travelling around that area for a, for a little while. Surely there were people who were far more qualified than Peter to do this job. This was also demanding. Peter had a business to run. Peter had a family to look after. Peter had bills to pay. 
He just couldn't get up and leave it all behind, could he? And at this point, he didn't even know what his call would lead to. How it would lead to floggings and imprisonments and even execution. And anyway, what would people think of him if he did this? How would he go back to his family and to his friends and say, hey, I'm going to catch men from now on? Would they just laugh at him? Would they just think he'd gone crazy? Would he just be the laughing stock of his community? And it would require a huge amount of humility. As Peter was being asked to become a disciple of Jesus. To come under Jesus' leadership. To accept that Jesus now was the Lord of his life. And he was just going to follow Jesus in everything from now on. But despite the challenges, Peter obeyed. Verse 11, they they pulled their boats up on shore. Left everything. And followed him. Peter didn't understand all that that meant. He didn't have all the knowledge or experience it needed. He didn't know how this was all going to work out. And he certainly didn't feel good enough to take up this challenge. And yet, he wholeheartedly obeyed Jesus' call. He left his old life behind. And he did what what Jesus was calling him to do. Why? Well, because he was obeying the one who called him. As he'd said earlier, but because you say so, I will let down the nets and go and catch men. And Peter's life was never the same again. It certainly wasn't easy, but Peter was used by Jesus to save thousands of people's lives. Remember on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood and preached, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And that day alone, 3,000 people became followers of Jesus. And they were saved. But it all started with a simple, obedient step in answer to God's call on his life. It started with simple Obedience. Now today, this is all not just all about Peter. Today this is about us. Because Jesus is still calling us to put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. We may not be an apostle or a preacher. But I wholeheartedly believe that God is still calling each one of us to be involved in his mission in this world. We're going to be involved in different places, with different people, in different ways. But each one of us are called to bring lost people into God's kingdom. A guy called Howard Butt, he was the CEO of a supermarket chain in the States. He said this, God doesn't issue a special call to pastors and leave everyone else uncalled. Every Christian 
should think of himself as having a divine call for making Christian witnessing a full-time career. There aren't different classes of Christians. Christianity is not a pick and mix where we can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You can't sign up to Christianity without commitment or heaven without discipleship or following Jesus without evangelism. That, that option is not available. If we've trusted in Jesus, then we are called to share our faith in Jesus with others. And this is primarily not because we feel like it, not because we feel able to do it, not because we feel good enough to do it, but first and foremost it's in obedience to Jesus' commands. If we've trusted in Jesus, then he has said that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And we have received the Holy Spirit to empower us to be his witnesses. And we have been commissioned to go and make disciples of all nations. That's our calling. For each one of us, Jesus has called us to put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. To go out there where people are lost and heading to a lost eternity and to bring them into God's kingdom. To do everything that we can to see them come to Christ. So we might think it's a foolish idea to think that God could use people like us to reach this world for Christ. We may not feel mature enough, knowledgeable enough, good enough. And yet God chooses to work through the most unlikely of people. He chooses to work through the weak and the broken. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And we might feel it's too demanding for us to open up our lives and open up our mouths to tell other people about Jesus. The cost is too great. The price is too high. But Jesus promised that whenever we try to save our life, and look after our life and do whatever we want, we end up losing everything. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me in the gospel will find it. And yeah, of course, we might be worried about what other people might think of us if we do this. If we start talking about Jesus. What if they laugh at us? What if they ridicule us? And yet Jesus warned, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And yes, we might also have our own plans and our own ideas about what we want to do with our lives. We might think, well, this is just not the right time for me to start doing this. Or, I'm really busy just now. Maybe when things quieten down. I just get so much on just now. I just can't take any more. 
Following Jesus is a call to accept him as Lord. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And so whatever excuse or reason that we can come up with as to why we need to reject Jesus' call on our lives, in the end, it's just a question of Who's in charge? To reject the call to evangelism is actually to reject the call for Jesus to be Lord of our lives. It's to refuse the reality that we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And so we belong to him. But folk, if we really love Jesus... If we have expressed our love for him this morning in our worship, and that is genuine, that is real, then we will want to obey his call in our lives. No matter how inadequate we may feel. I remember the first time that this passage impacted my life. I was much younger. I was at uni. And our Bible study leader I decided to take us out in the streets of, of the, the town we lived in at that time, Airdrie, to share our faith. Especially to, to the young people who were just hanging out in the streets, ha- uh, drinking and taking drugs. And I had so many reasons as to why God couldn't use somebody like me to do that. And yet when we launched out, God just blew us away with the opportunities that he gave us to share our faith. But the reality is it's so easy for me to retreat back into the shallows again and to lose sight of this call. So for me, I'm preaching to myself this morning because I need to hear this call again. And maybe you do too. Maybe you realise that you are tempted to stick in the shallows and to retreat from the call on your life to be involved in seeing God's kingdom built. Maybe you've been saying no to opening up your mouth and speaking about Jesus to the people around you. Maybe you've, you've heard God's call to call you into a specific area of ministry and you've been, been trying to push that away. No, God, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I'm not good enough to do that. Or whatever the reason... And this morning I pray that each one of us will hear the call to put out into the deep water. To go out there into the world. Wherever it is, in whatever way we go out. Whether it's to our family, whether it's to our friends, whether it's to the work colleagues, whether it's to our community, whether it's to the kids or the young people or the older people or whoever it is. But that we will hear this call put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And we, we will say, yes, Lord. Here I am. 